Welcome to Paper Quest. I'm Jesse. And I'm James. And we're two friends teaming up in our ongoing quest through the Infinite Library. Each episode, we get together to discuss our latest buddy read, swap stories on our recent solo reads, and talk about the upcoming books we look forward to reading next. This is Paper Quest. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Uh, today is going to be a little bit different. I am doing a solo review for our main quest book, Snow Crash, by Neil Stevenson. Jess is out today, but she'll be back on the next episode. So I'm going to jump straight into a book summary. Uh, I have two different summaries to present here. Uh, one is a summary of the world itself, as it is pretty um, different and unique, and I think it's important to understand the, the world that we're living in first before jumping into the summary of the story itself. The story opens in Los Angeles in the 21st century, an unspecified number of years after a worldwide economic collapse. Los Angeles is no longer part of the United States since the federal government has ceded most of its power and territory to private organizations and entrepreneurs. Franchising, individual sovereignty, and private vehicles reign supreme. Mercenary armies compete for national defense contracts, while private security guards preserve the peace in sovereign gated housing developments. Highway companies compete to attract drivers to their roads, and all mail delivery is by hired courier. The remnants of government maintain authority only in isolated compounds, where they do tedious make-work that is, by and large, irrelevant to the society around them. Much of the world's territory has been carved up into sovereign enclaves, each run by its own big business franchise. Um, and I did pull this full summary, um, or most of this summary, from Wikipedia. It's a hard world to define, um, and so when I was trying to do it myself, I figured um, there was probably better wording out there to explain this. So Wikipedia, it was. Um, so that's the world we live in, and now the summary of our novel... Hero Protagonist is a hacker and pizza delivery driver for the Mafia. He meets YT, short for yours truly, a young skateboard courier who refers to herself in the third person during a failed attempt to make a delivery on time. YT completes the delivery on his behalf and they strike up a partnership, gathering intel and selling it to the CIC. Within the metaverse, Hero is offered a data file named Snow Crash by a man named Raven, who hints that it is a form of narcotic. Hero's friend and fellow hacker David, David with a v, uh, 5 instead of a V, views a bitmap image contained in the file, which causes his computer to crash and David to suffer brain damage in the real world. So this novel is meant to be purposely uh, a little bit ridiculous. Um, as I'm sure you heard, the character's name is Hero Protagonist, so that should say a lot about what to expect from this novel. Um, it, it is funny. It's it's presented with a ridiculous world, ridiculous ideas. The term snow crash, um, if you picture a computer or a TV that has crashed or is um, like an old-fashioned TV that has the, the, the black and white um, fuzz, that's that's what the snow crash is. It's when, it's when that happens to the screen. So, um, a few thoughts on this book. A lot of my thoughts are spoiler-free. I don't plan on really getting into the nitty-gritty of the story. Um, this was not a novel necessarily for me, and I was much more interested in the world being presented to me than I was the story itself. 
Um, but the world and the ideas are extremely interesting, and that's kind of what I want to focus on here. So this is a pretty spoiler-free podcast, unlike our usual ones, where there's a spoiler-free and spoiler-filled section. Uh, this is a book that is clearly and obviously loved by many people. It's by no means a poorly written book. I just don't think that I am the target audience for the story being presented. All the individual ideas are there. Everything I should and do love in a science fiction novel, it's all there. Um, I'm just not into the story, unfortunately. Um, so I just want to say this to the listeners so they understand the background of the book because it is actually really well done and interesting. Um, I still suggest it, even though I didn't give it the highest review um, that others might give it. Uh, it's a very loved book even to this day. There's There are many, many great and highly praising reviews out there, hours-long YouTube videos on this book. Um, and that's great. I, I fully believe this is a good book for other people, 100%. Um, I would suggest it to the right audience. So, Neil Stevenson, um, the only other book I've read by him is The Rise and Fall of Dodo, which was actually pretty recent. I did a, um, a side quest portion on that book. Um, he, he, Neil Stevenson likes to take a grounded and realistic approach to his sci-fi and fantasy works so that it feels like it could technically happen. So, the idea of Snow Crash is basically this. Long ago, in Sumerian mythology, it is said that a human brain could be quote-unquote, programmed, if you will, at a biological level to control people. This book goes very deep into explanations on how dialect in old languages may have been used and how the brain thinks and reacts to certain learned tongues. Fast forward to today, uh, as pretty much everyone knows, computers have their own language, um, zeros and ones, coding, stuff like that. Uh, if you're a programmer or a hacker or whatever else in that world, you're, it's basically saying your brain has been programmed to understand computers and computer language. Um, when you see zeros and ones or lines of code, your brain understands and interprets it as a second language that you know. Whereas others, like myself maybe, who can't program or hack, just sees random nonsense for the most part. So Snow Crash uh, in this book is a digital drug, and when these genius computer hackers and programmers see this digital drug in VR, their brains, in real life, get actually affected and messes them up and can even kill them because their brain can interpret what it's seeing sort of subconsciously. So the novel takes place in two worlds, if you will. There's one foot in the real world, and there's one foot in... VR. Um, think Ready Player One, fully immersive uh, digital world that you can live in and do things in. Um, it's something we're getting closer and closer to every single day. So the impact of this book in real life uh, is definitely more interesting to me than the book or the story itself. Um, it's important to keep in mind this book was published in 1992. So Think about that when thinking about VR and technology in the internet because he presented a lot of ideas that are today pretty much real, which is really cool. Um, the author did literally coin the term metaverse. He came up with that, and that's why all of us use it today. Um, and that goes all the way back to the early 90s. 
Another term that he uses, he didn't coin this, but he used it in this book and he popularized it, was the term avatar. Um, so those are two terms that we use so often today, especially in at least my world for sure, um, that come pretty much directly from this novel and from this author, which is super cool. The book itself, being written in the 90s, is interestingly dated. So when I read this book and when I decided how to review this book, you have to look at it from two points of view, um, two perspectives. One as a reader in 1992 when this book came out and one as a reader today. Given the very nature of this book, it's going to date itself fast. Um, technology in the 90s is not technology today and that will show. So what I found kind of kind of annoying but also extremely funny given when it was made is how often the novel has to pause the story to explain how or why something is. Like he has to explain what we're reading isn't real. Like when hero protagonist is in this VR world, it's like this computer world. It's not the real thing. I have to explain it in detail so you have to understand. This is all rendered and he's not physically there. Computers connect to each other and they connect to the internet. Avatars come in different quality depending on your connection and speed. And just entire things that we are almost born knowing at this point. Um, are just very highly overly explained in this novel because it was so new back then, um, which is hilarious, but you kind of find yourself glossing over it because most of us today don't need to be told how these things work. Um, we, we know these things just growing up. But it's funny to think about it back then. Um, I was putting myself into like a middle-aged person's shoes trying to read this book in 1992 and how possibly like hard it was to wrap their mind around what they were reading. I, I actually wonder if this was a difficult book to read at that time for the general audience because it was all just so brand new. So it's really cool to think about from a 90s perspective, but from a 2022 perspective, not the greatest part of the book. Another thing the book explains in detail a lot is older languages and tongues. Um, I brought up the Sumerian languages and the whole mind control thing and how the brain might be affected if it hears a certain language a certain way. Um, that's all very interesting at a base level, but um, it's also very important to the story and gets brought up a lot. And I found myself kind of trying to get through it, even though I did think it was interesting. So the story itself is about this digital drug called Snow Crash getting put out into the masses and into the mass population and it's fine this is the plot of any high intensity like action movie suspense movie you know the bomb is heading towards the large city we've got to stop it in time can we do it very mission impossible style it's something today we've seen a million times and i i don't care i i just do not care um, and that's fine. Uh, like I said, different perspective in modern times. The characters, all their dialogue is very dated. It's all very 90s. Um, and even at the time, if I was reading this in the 90s, I still don't think I would find the characters all that interesting. They are, the, they are just there to push the plot forward. All the ideas and world building behind the story is so cool. Um, I just wanted a different story in this universe to be told. 
I don't know what that story would even be, but this one, I just, I just didn't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care in any way, shape or form. I did give the book overall two out of five stars. None of the characters are interesting. Um, I, I don't connect to any of them. I don't think any of them are memorable. The, the biggest thing I will take away from this book for years to come is just the purposefully crazy and ridiculous world. But I did find myself very curious about the real life aspects of it and how how realistic, you know, the whole language thing can be and, and what our brain accepts and understands and how it can be controlled and utilized by others. And of course, that's still very much a fantastical element. Um, it's not 100% possible, but I mean, you know, there is such things as shapes and patterns, you know, can mess up certain people with certain um, issues, epilepsy, etc. So how far can that be taken and interpreted and used in a story like this where the snow crash is subconsciously sending computer language to the brain to mind control it or deprogram it or kill you? Um We've seen this idea and other things. Uh, the first thing I thought about, this is such a small show in the grand scheme of things, is the show Chuck, where he learns all these crazy action moves when it's downloaded via a digital computer program when he's looking at the screen. That was my immediate go-to thought. Um, so I do love that idea of how digital life can affect or influence our real life and how far we've come and how we come too far and... Um, how safe are we? There's no, you know, we're always surrounded by technology. So it's just a really cool idea, especially in the 90s. This is a crazy book for the 90s. Um, so for all the ideas presented in here, I would suggest it. For the story, I don't need it. It's been done. Um, I can't help that it's dated and neither can the author. Uh, but I was glad to have finally read it and check it off my um, my bucket list, my Goodreads. Um, and that that is Snow Crash. So, uh, on our next main quest, Jesse will be back. We're going to read the book uh, titled Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi. Of course, we have not read this book yet, so I did pull the description from Amazon. In a small back alley in Tokyo, there is a cafe which has been serving carefully brewed coffee for more than 100 years. But this coffee shop offers its customer a unique experience, the chance to travel back in time. We meet four visitors, each of whom is hoping to make use of the cafe's time-traveling offer, and each with a different goal, as follows. To confront the man who left them. To receive a letter from their husband, whose memory has been taken by early-onset Alzheimer. To see their sister one last time. And to meet the daughter they never got the chance to know. However, the journey into the past does not come without risks. Customers must sit in a particular seat... They cannot leave the cafe, and finally, they must return to the present before the coffee gets cold. So, until next time, I'm James, and we'll see you soon. Bye.